Good morning and good afternoon to all of our merry Marvelites. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on Geekscape. So happy to be with each and every one of you out there. I see the live chat is already a buzz, as they say. As always, I'm Christian Blatt, joined by Nate Miller. That's me. Yeah, try try pointing to the person in the box next to you, everybody at home. And uh, this one's easy. Uh, I'll take Alf for the block. Also, Ann B. Davis in the center square. Our very own Count Eric Connor. Eric, thank you. Thank you, and thank all of you. A buzz in the private chat, in in our chat. Uh, not with us today, our pal um, Michael Shirley, because uh, he has no electricity, and uh, not only is he trying to save food from his refrigerator, he was not able to watch the show, nor is he able to connect to the internet. So uh, we hope he's well. But if his parents are watching without him, it's great to see you both, uh, the Shirleys. Uh, I would like to start with uh, fun, exciting news for people who maybe uh, don't get out to the movies. And uh, I, I have a, I have a friend who uh, he had his uh, first baby uh, back in April, and I know he hasn't seen this movie. So I told him as soon as I got the press release. That's right. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be on Disney Plus August 2nd. That's so soon. And uh, we did a number of uh, review shows uh, for that. Uh, there are a couple on this channel, on Geekscape, and then also some on my Blackcast YouTube channel. So if you want to see the movie and then check out what we thought about it when we saw it in the theater a few months ago, uh, go right ahead. Check it out. Uh, you are welcome to. But uh, I think in general, people liked it. They were happy. It was a good uh, exit for James Gunn. But uh, we, we'll be seeing these characters again i think everybody kind of expects so uh that's good news i um i uh you know what i think i saw i did see it in the theater twice i didn't go a third time and now i definitely don't have to because uh uh, i i like these uh these small windows before it turns up on on the streaming service but uh you know you don't want it to be too small you know you want them you want the studio to feel like a movie was a success before it ends up uh on a streaming service a couple weeks later uh, so, uh, excited for that. Uh, at some point I will definitely rewatch, uh, Nate, Eric, I'll ask you both in order. Uh, do you have any plans for a rewatch once this movie arrives in your home? I don't have any plans. Um, I will probably watch it at some point. Yeah. Nate, Nate you said we were going to go to red lobster and then watch <laughs> guardians. You hey, hey, I told you not to tell Christian cause he's going to get yeah. jealous. I'm free, guys. I can come over. I'll be there. Uh, I don't think his microphone's working. Don't worry, he can't hear us. Yeah, that's embarrassing. (laughs) You know, no, no, knowing you, Eric, you'll just uh, show up. I'll I'll see a picture of you at Red Lobster with Nate and Tukey. Craig Robinson checking in from across the pond. Hey, all, great to see Craig, Daniel, Cami, anybody else in the chat. Introduce yourself. Say hello, but uh, we're glad to have everyone there. So uh, I wanted to start with uh, fun, happy, coming to coming to America. No, I wanted to start with uh, some, you know, some news about a movie that is going to be on Disney Plus. Meaning at some point there'll be something on Disney Plus that's Marvel that we can all be excited about. I also, uh, as we very rarely do on this show, Wanted to get some headlines from Forbes. 
for reasons that tie into getting tax breaks in the UK, uh, Disney had to explain just how much money they spent on their projects. $212 million <laughs> on <What>? secret invasion. <laughs> Nate, where? I ask you first, where do you think that money went? Uh, um, do you think they had an extensive catering budget? Yeah. I don't know that I've been... seen it on the screen. Maybe it was flying Samuel L. Jackson back and forth between the eight other projects that he's doing. <laughs> or you know what? It probably all went to Amelia Clark. Like, let's be honest. I mean, that, that would make sense. And by the way, if, if Sam Jackson's doing like a snakes on a plane prequel, I think it's worth it to work around a schedule. Uh, and by the way, there's a follow-up article uh, from over on Forbes, uh, just a day later, later, it makes no sense. Marvel's Secret Invasion has a $212 million budget. And then uh, in the article, they start to kind of ask a lot of the same questions I did, which is um, where uh, was that money uh, spent? But uh, also Bob Iger had said earlier this week, too many Marvel series on Disney Plus, which had diluted focus and attention. I don't know that I, I felt like before this, there were too many uh series but uh eric i wanted to get your thoughts on that price tag 212 million uh million dollars i, I guess parking in georgia and canada is really expensive because it's definitely not on the screen i mean that that i my guess would have been maybe 10 million an episode maybe an episode yeah i think i i, I it feels that way but uh uh, especially because there's so many tax breaks. 40? I, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, Samuel Jackson, I'm sure gets a, you know, nice, nice hefty paycheck, but there's not really high priced talent in there beyond him. And so, and yeah. then the effects is pretty minimal. Uh, they haven't had particularly expensive looking like set pieces, action scenes. So I, I I'm stunned. And, and then I think this is going to become maybe then like, now that they've announced the cost, it's going to be remember the movie Sahara with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Disney did. Oh, that yeah. I, I was awake for some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and apparently the accountants were awake all night creating all sorts <laughs> of new categories, including one that was like bribing local officials. Uh, it was actually categorized that way. So that was another one where you, the price tag was absurd when you saw the film. And then they broke it down like Matthew McConaughey had a private chef that like got a couple million bucks so I, I, the, the money somewhere but we 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 sure as heck ain't seeing it yeah and uh, you know look we're gonna talk about the episode we'll go into it it's just uh i saw that earlier this week and uh i'm on a uh, text thread with uh our fearless leader over here at uh at geekscape jonathan london uh garrett briones and a few other people uh, Ian Kerner, and uh, this was a uh, very, this was a very, a very heated conversation. Not in, in, we all agreed, it was just more of one of those things where we're all like, I mean, how, you know, uh, I mean, it can't be the marketing, you know. I mean, they they didn't really do that much, yeah. uh, so. Uh, but I saw yeah. uh, behind ahead, the scenes. Man thing a couple days ago that was like an examination of one of the shots that was sam jackson just like sitting in a chair in a in a room having a conversation with one of the characters on the show and they it revealed that 
the whole background was green screen and oh. like three quarters of the gun that he was holding in his hand were also like plated in the gun wasn't even fully assembled on set and so there was let me see if i can find it but there was a bunch oh of I, like, I yeah i definitely want to see that uh yeah, yeah so uh, let us know if you can see that and it, I, well let me just say when you use a lot of green screen uh you know uh, movies tend to feel a little uh soulless uh, we're, uh, we're, we're not here to bag on the star Wars prequels, but when you see that a lot of that stuff was on sound stages and blue and green screen, uh, Daniel has a theory, maybe Groot arms are too expensive. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. And I'm sorry, what did you want to say, Eric? Uh, no, there was a funnier die sketch that was, uh, t- it, it, it imitated those FX breakdown shorts that are usually pretty cool. Except yeah. this one was for the movie Carol which was that drama with Rooney Mara and uh, Kate Blanchett. And oh, the joke wow. Is, I, I, I thought well, it was the uh, the Captain Marvel prequel that uh, we've all been hoping for. That's Carol D. Uh, this is just Carol. And the joke of it is that none of it was green screen, but they like had a scene of her like just sitting at a counter. And the joke is like everything is green screen. Like she, it's not even Cape Blanchett, and it's like, <laughs> and so, but when I, when you're describing that, Nate, this idea that he's just sitting there and everything was like things that were so easy to not green screen were green screen. That's when, that's when also smells like maybe there were just problems left and right. And we I have to about, make yeah. a correction. Yes, okay. I'm on doing some more research, I found the photo. It turns out it is actually from uh, uh, Far From Home. And not from okay. Secret Invasion. So, and it was still because interesting. It's not available because of shooting schedule, oh, but see. still, it, I would imagine that there are still situations in this show where some things were CG'd that probably didn't have to be, and that probably adds yeah. to that budget. Because I, mean, uh, I, I was reading that She Hulk was like two hundred and fifty million. So, like this be, show being two hundred and twelve just doesn't make sense. She Hulk was of more problem, episodes, too. right? She Hulk was like nine episodes, yeah, and more episodes, consistent, more consistent CG. CG. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just that first episode having to have Bruce in it, you know, and him change, you know, and and you know, you need that to look a certain way. People can you can knock the CG in She Hulk, and many people have, but it still costs a lot of money to do. Maybe uh, this Eric, is a sign I, that the finale is going to be absolutely crazy. Like, yeah. They're gonna like he's gonna Rhodey's gonna show up in a war machine suit and like Captain Marvel's gonna fly down with Spectrum and they're gonna have a huge like energy battle in the middle of New York City. Yeah, what if they spent two hundred and nine million dollars on the episode six? That would actually make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Uh, Eric, I wanted to give you a chance. I feel I feel like you were uh, trying to finish your point uh, as as always on the show. Sorry, no, no, that's nothing to do with you. It's me. We all know it's to blame. Yeah, I, I remember there was all these like reports of like problems with Secret Invasion and uh, like reshoots and whatnot. It, that might explain some of that sure. budget if like if they had to scrap like amount of the original pilot if they had to replace <laughs> actors. But it's still that number is so absurd. So I mean, now I feel like we're about to enter the go down the rabbit hole of like how the heck did this movie cost so much? Yeah. And, and by the way, I, I stop, stop using music. the clip from the first episode of Colby Smulders getting shot. Every time <laughs> you do that, you have to pay her. Yeah. Stop. We a get it. Like, just show it from another angle. Guess. You know, she she had a special appearance by in this credit. And I'm like, 
Save the money. What are you doing? It's probably in her contract that there's a minimum amount of the episodes that she has to be involved in. <laughs> and their way around that was just showing her dying over and over again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we dive into the episode proper, I uh, do need to give propers, as it were, to uh, our pal Craig from across the pond. Uh, right after we finished the show uh, last week, uh, Craig Robinson made the point on Twitter. Not sure if you picked it up, but at the beginning of the flashback, Fury was described as having a powerful sense of righteousness, which took him back to uh, a scene from Pulp Fiction. And uh, I was very upset that uh, we didn't catch it. And uh, uh, Eric uh, spent every day since last episode in solitary confinement uh, because uh, you should have brought that to our attention. But we appreciate we appreciate the fact that uh, Craig was able to bring where, that to where us. I stumble. Craig flies. Yeah, right. Exactly. Cam Egan's got a theory. Maybe just it's a big price tag for Olivia Coleman. Uh, very upset that uh, Michael can't be with us. Obviously, in general, we always uh, enjoy his uh, his feedback and his thoughts. But he's he's like the number one Olivia Coleman stan on this show. And uh, he doesn't get to talk about what I felt like was uh, her best episode so far. She had stuff to do. She shot somebody. Um, so we don't want to we don't want to harp on our disappointment on this show. Uh, I'm going to continue to have high expectations for episode six. Uh, every week I push my expectations a, a week further down the road. It can't go beyond this. But uh, if you want any indication that maybe mentally I've moved on from Secret Invasion, uh, my uh, background is indeed from the poster for the Marvels because uh, I'm already like, all right, just set that up and we'll, we'll see what's going on. Um, Nate, I'd like to start with you. Uh, you can start with any aspects of this episode. You could start with the good, but if we want to start with the not as good, that is entirely up to you, sir. Well, since you since we were discussing Olivia Goldman, um, her scenes were by far my favorite of the episode. Um, and as I was watching her, I was thinking, you know, like her character and her scenes have had the actual spy elements that like this show and the main characters and main plot are in almost entirely missing. Um, I think she comes off way more badass and efficient and like good at her job than Fury does. Like at any point in the whole series, like at, at most we get is this implication of Nick showing up at the end of things and like kind of uh, puppeteering stuff, but we never really see it. Whereas like here we see her not only, you know, hands on dealing with these problems she's investigating but also like ruthlessly executing people that she has done the research to know who they are that was that was the coolest part for me um other than that the, the graphic fight scene was cool too but also just kind of felt i don't know that turn of him in this episode it 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 reminds me of how marvel sometimes struggles with their villains in that they they set up a villain that has like a sympathetic cause. And then instead of having that villain, like naturally kind of be their own downfall because their approach is wrong. They kind of go like way overboard. Like this idea that Gravik who's doing all of this stuff. So his people can have a home world. And some of it is out of his personal spite and anger towards Nick and humanity as a proxy. But like this idea that he's now going to just completely, he's going to threaten and, and, 
I guess the implication is that he's not really going to do it because he wants the powers, but with him like willy nilly just killing that dude, and then him telling them like, "Oh, you guys are nameless and faceless." Like, for a, for a people of shapeshifters, that has to be like a little bit like really taboo, you know? Like, so maybe don't point at that. I don't know. It was just very odd to me. Like, I liked him before this and in this episode it wasn't like oh i'm i'm gonna do whatever it takes even if we have to sacrifice you guys this is for the better of scrolls and so our kids can have a home world or anything like that he was just like no i'm the boss and you do what i say and if you (laughs) you don't like it i'm gonna stab you with a groot arm and i don't know it just kind of really put a sour taste in my mouth well i i have to agree on on both points i think that his turn was very surprising. And then also the, uh, the uprising of uh, the underlings, you know, I mean, I guess you can see that they would see him react like that and, you know, then be like, Oh, I think we've got a problem here with this guy, but I didn't feel that coming in any of the earlier episodes, you know, that they're like, Oh, maybe we should take this guy out. And, uh, you know, he he's got superpowers and uh i i guess they thought a a ziploc over the head was going to take this guy out and uh uh it didn't but you know it uh it it just didn't feel like we had gotten to that point in graphic story or the story of really any of the scrolls that uh supported him and then decided to try and take him out uh, what did you think about this turn for Gravik and really his his company, as it were, Eric? I uh, actually grabbed a pic of Gravik uh, that if you have access to it, Christian, would help our, our video audience, albeit our audio audience will be left in the cold wondering what... We, we, we usually leave the, uh, the audio audience in the cold. That's okay. Yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. I apologize, wireless yeah. listeners. I... I so yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I see the I see the one that you have. Yes, sir. yeah. Okay. And my issue with Gravik, honestly, has been every episode he feels like he has a totally different voice, and I'm not yeah. talking like the you know sound of voice. I'm you know his character attitude, his approach. So here, if uh, the pick comes up, if you scroll down, it's his dialogue here, which is, "Who wants it?" <laughs> and so suddenly he's becoming. Uh, Denzel Washington in Training Day, like I'm King Tom. <laughs> like it just, this is not the guy from the first episode or two who was really kind of interesting. He was quiet, if you remember, in those first couple. He was unassuming. He was sort of working in the shadows, and that version of the character I found really intriguing. He's a good actor, and you know he definitely held the screen well without feeling to need to suddenly get into histrionics and. Maybe taking that super serum gives you a kind of uh, side effects like steroids. I, I'm not sure, but he's <laughs> his voice is not the same and gets back to an issue I brought up previously. Like, it just doesn't feel like there's a captain at this ship. Like, every episode, the logic, like Nick Fury's character is all over the place. You made a great point. I think Olivia Coleman's, I, I've been on board with Olivia Coleman from the first second, too. She was. Every time she's in a scene, it is more interesting. And I think largely because she's more interesting as a character. She's the one, you're right, comes off like a spy. Remember the torture scene where she cut that guy's fingers off and they turned green. She's like, oh, good. You know, like, for a moment, like, what if that was just some dude? She just <laughs> off her. And I then mean... this one with, with the shooting, and she, oh, and even when she pulled the gun in that great little sort of standoff moment and just like a badass. 
got the guy right in the head, didn't blink. You know, I mean, she is terrific. She she feels like she's should be the center of this show. Because once again, Nick Fury, episode to episode, feels like a different guy also, just like Gravik. And I mean, I do like, you know, speaking of pulls from other movies, I'm, I'm glad he found his jacket from Shaft uh, in, in that last scene. Because when he put it on, <laughs> yes. I was totally expecting to hear some uh, Isaac Hayes on the soundtrack, you know? Oh, my gosh. Well, you want to totally go over budget. Was, yeah, well, well because you brought that up, uh, Eric, Cami Egan uh, mentioned something that I did notice. Did anyone notice when Nick's at the cemetery, the icons on the headstone and in the crypt look like Black Panthers? I, I did notice a little bit uh, sort of the, you know, basically like the, the basically the ears, the points on the on the mask. So maybe it's just so that we could understand that it was Wakandan technology. Uh, Craig says, I saw they looked a different language, but that's a good pull. Uh, Daniel says, didn't notice that. I was just remembering one of the other greatest Winter Soldier. I thought that was a good line. Uh, it was clearly important to be like, you got a few of these, don't you? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be buried in a bunch of different places because it's not the one from uh, Winter Soldier. Uh, to circle back, uh, Johnny Beck in the chat. Thank you, Johnny Beck. Uh, there was a moment before that scene when Gravik and company returned to New Skrullos where the other Skrulls didn't show the usual reverence in his return, which was noticeable. I do agree with that. Uh, and then Johnny adds, they definitely could have foreshadowed the unrest more. Yeah, I think just, you know, just go back even one episode where and, we're and, really and starting to end, feel that. Have one character that we know who's an underling that you we sort of track with them for a couple episodes as well. Like, we don't really have that. Yeah, there's that one character who we've sort of... What's that? Oh, it should have been Guy. Guy has no purpose in this show other than, like, oh, my dad died. And then to serve as motivation for Talos to go against Gravik outside of, like, you know, the obvious. The the thing that drove me nuts with that, but I'm sorry for cutting you out. No, go ahead. I I need help burying my father. And all they did was set, set his ass on fire. It's like, I could help you with that. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I saw him return the Jedi. I know. No, I yeah. know needs, how to do a funeral fire. Could say the words, the the magic scroll words, the magic oh. scroll words. Yeah, you couldn't. You can't look that up. I feel uh, like her character. What, oh, go ahead. Well, you think that's on like scroll Google, Eric? I think somebody <laughs> has to know it. I, I have, think you have, have to look at What were you? <laughs> the meta family. What were you going to say, Nate? <laughs> um, I just you know, like one more episode and a couple minutes in each of these episodes. And you could have a fantastic subplot and Gaia is already the perfect character because mm-hmm. she's, um, she starts off enmeshed in this kind of double agent position. And if we didn't know as like for a majority of the show, if she was really with Gravik or if, if she was working as a counter agent for Talos and she's like kind of working to undermine Gravik and like trying to bring like, cause in the beginning Gravik, when he executes that one guy for failing him, he does it like, out you know like away from people where people can't see it and then comes back whereas here he's now just killing them right in front of them and you very easily could have built that into a subplot of Gaia like bringing attention of how he's really operating and how he's kind of losing it to you know some of his other underlings and lieutenants to kind of get this revolt which we end up seeing and have it mean more for Gaia, for the scrolls that live there, for Gravik himself. But instead, it's just this literally, like, there's hints of it. And obviously, like, a normal person would get frustrated and be like, what's going on? This is weird, you know, from from episodes ago. But for them to go, like, right from the, okay, he snapped and he killed this dude. And then 
what is it like eight minutes later now they've decided you know what that guy that we saw that has the powers that none of us have and has been leading this whole thing and ruthlessly killing people like you know what i'm gonna try to put a plastic bag over his head like yeah remember they, they did that nick they also put a bag over his head it's like one of those two cent ways to like get a stunt guy into the mix <laughs> and, and, and yeah, but with a plastic a point you could still well, sort of see it, but it, it does obscure it a little. It's also like four guys took him on. Like if it was like 20, you'd be like, all right, clearly we have a chance. They, By the it, way, like they Craig, don't have Craig, Craig gives us the term there? Skrullopedia instead of uh, Skrull uh, Google. So thank you, Craig. I like that. What were you going to say, Nate? Sorry. I'm sa- they have guns. They've got guns. And, and speaking of guns, why did Homegirl have to go to the bank safety deposit box to get a gun to kill Nick Fury when she's got the whole Call of Duty arsenal in her garage? <laughs> Make that make sense because I'm confused. Oh, 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 oh my god, oh, she's just waiting there to be killed, but the second they show up, she runs and shoots. She them. goes yeah. full John Wick, yeah, and then leaves. Yeah, but it's like, well, okay, if that was your plan, was when they show up, then I'll run. Have an idea. Take your guns and run now. Like, why <laughs> wait for them? Besides, it's fun think, killing people, I guess. I think the uh, the reason is a very simple, real world reason because they hadn't written this episode yet. You know, it was just like and, uh, you know, they spent two hundred and twelve million dollars. But what they didn't do is spent an extra million and go back and add some scenes that could be a through line. And uh, we were talking about Amelia Clark. Uh, Cammy Egan says, I love Amelia Clark, but she has little to no scenes, dialogue or point to her character. I I uh, I'm trying to not bring my baggage about her as an actress and other things I've seen her in. Uh, but I, I don't know that she serves much purpose. Uh, clearly she's going to in the next episode and let's talk about Talos. I really didn't think he was dead. <laughs> I mean, until they lit him on fire, I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> so that, uh, okay. So I, I, I just kept thinking like, all right, maybe he's got, he took some scroll serum or something. No, he's dead. Then that makes his death. And you know, the, the actual death in episode four, like I felt like it wasn't significant enough. But I also was like, well, he'll be back next week. Oh, he's actually dead. And uh, I mean, that was not a great, uh, there's not a great death scene. I mean, unless next week we find out they burned some other scroll, uh, but I don't feel like that's it. Uh, I don't know, Nate. Uh, we talked about this last week. Were you surprised that Talos is actually dead? I mean, I, I not really. Like, I- with the way the show is going not really because it would have added extra time and plot and writing required if he survived and so with the way that the show's been going i assumed that they would take that easy route of him just being dead Um, yeah it it does it feel it's kind of a bummer i think for that character who has kind of been around for a while and involved in a lot of things it's kind of a crappy way to go very similar to maria hill (laughs) um but yeah, it, there's just so much stuff that they would have had to like develop if he lived and they're just, they're not doing, this is not the show for that. They're not doing that. They're, <laughs> no, they're is- very loosely getting you, trying to introduce you more. They're reminding you the scrolls exist and that they work with Nick Fury so that when you see the Marvels and the scrolls are there with Nick Fury, we're like, oh, I know those guys like. That's like that's yeah. the whole vibe I'm getting from this show. Yeah, I think that this show gives off a distinctive uh, ten-page uh, research paper is due at noon, 
It's 11 <laughs> o'clock. You're on page nine and a half and you're like almost done. You're just like, can we just push through, get to the end of this? When can I start using some footnotes and uh, putting some other things in there? Cammy Egan, Talos's death was reminiscent of Game of Thrones foreshadowing of Amelia Clark dying in game. Hey, spoiler. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Cammy Egan. I know that was, that was a number of years ago, but uh, also uh, Cammy Egan agrees with Nate uh, thought the same thing. I mean, this guy, a character, there's a place for her in this story and they just didn't put her in it, you know? And it's almost like they didn't get to this part. They, I don't know. I mean, I know enough about writer's rooms that you're supposed to map out the whole season. And this is only six episodes. You're not like, Oh man, we got to episode 18 and we came up with an idea for episode 14 and it's too late. No, I, and this was done. I don't even know how long ago this was done. I, I think that these are easy fixes that, they could have made, I don't think this show was ever going to be great. They could have made a much better show than uh, the, the one that we're getting. Um, what do you think, uh, Eric? Uh, were, were you like me just expecting Dallas would be back? Uh, and uh, how do you think that they handled the departure of one of the leads of this series? Well, Talos's death, I, I did think he did die because if he didn't, it would have just literally been the same thing that they did with Amelia Clark. So fair. It yeah. was a real external logic I had for thinking he was dead. I, I think what we're seeing here, honestly, is a lot of sort of bandages, uh, a lot of triage. You know, so what you're describing, Christian's totally right. Like a writer's room, you know, you go into a writer's room, even if it's like only an episode into the season in terms of production and you look around the walls and basically you see the whole season three-dimensionally. Like it's all around you basically because they've broken it all. And, and yeah, of course they'll go back and change things as the season progresses in some cases, but here it feels like we're watching a show. And once again, the budget thing sort of speaks to this, that maybe it was just like they rewrote a ton of it. They reshot a ton of it. They got actors, lost actors, Ben Mendelsohn is in demand. I imagine they only had him for a finite period of time. Maybe the yeah. reshoots interfered or something. Like I think like what it feels like we're looking at is is attempts to fix mistakes instead of attempts of deepening stories. You know, explaining away things with a, a hastily written sentence at best. And so the result is like there is not a very strong build to this. You know, yeah, the last scene of the episode's kind of fun in a fan service type of way of like, you know, Nick Fury getting his old coat on, the eye patch, for some reason he's putting that back on, unless it's <laughs> sort of magic beans in that eye patch. I'm not sure why he needs it. But then also, you know, it, it's it's setting up a pretty cool showdown potentially. Uh, and definitely it's very personal now for Nick. Uh, but even uh, one of the slides I, I grabbed for you, Christian, it's like his whole attitude is unclear and it wasn't unclear in that like the first episode i was game on for this thing i really enjoyed that first episode more than you guys did yeah but that was funny then, Nick, <laughs> yeah. that was funny me, yeah. me and Chris, me and uh and michael suddenly we're, we're, it's like we shared one mind for one week and 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 that the darkness i saw in that mind uh, it, yeah it, no i know it was both a cloak and a, and a dagger for me but uh <laughs> i i just think like the nick fury from that episode every every week since then it's been like ping-ponging none of them can defend the world the way i can that makes no sense because guess what thor can defend our world better than him uh captain america iron man iron man's daughter 
all of them can defend the world better than him because daredevils. Daredevils. Um, when when uh, Marvin from ca- the DC ca- Super Friends. E- <laughs> uh, Kamala Khan on day one. You know, she could oh like God, you yeah. know shoot lasers out of her out of her arms. You know, all stuff that Fury can't do. And Daniel, I know we all keep saying this. Uh, this should have been a very expensive oh, big event. Film. Twelve episode, I don't know. I think, but you know, big event. You know, or go uh, the opposite way and make it six episodes, but very small and intimate, actual espionage spy thing and and do that. But it's like in this weird in-between place. And I think this really speaks to, unfortunately, like this is the reality of Marvel content now. There is the, like this I, this slate they have of things and everything that's supposed to connect. But that slate's not solid it's constantly changing and and timelines are changing and casting changes and directing changes and so they're making stuff that's supposed to go along with stuff that's not set yet so when they shoot it when they make it they get coverage of everything they get different angles and reaction shots of everything so they can recut stuff later to like make stuff make sense to how things have changed but that leaves you with a product that doesn't have a clear vision like that's not how movies and tv shows are supposed to be made even even the comic books that they're taken from that's not how they're made you know like even when they have crossover events you have one person leading this story right and then even the people that have little tie-ins those writers have their story that they're telling and you have a complete picture and we're getting this kind of like a hodgepodge of like characters that exist and tie-ins to other things that exist and like that episode that last episode really felt like they were like all right cool this way when we actually get to writing the next one then we can decide if talos actually lived or if he died right Right, like the way that it's and, and i don't know if that's maybe just the way that they cut it because of what they cut out or left on the floor but like it it does feel it doesn't it's not a satisfying death because in that episode it, the ending makes it feel like you have, you're supposed to wonder if he's alive or dead. And then the way that they address it in this episode doesn't recognize that at all. It's just like, yeah, duh, of course he's dead. You saw him die. (laughs) Why wouldn't you like it? It's insulting to the viewer, especially for, you know, people like us that watch these shows and these universes to like, kind of get deeper into them and have the character reactions and kind of theorize about what's coming next. And it's just hard to theorize when like the people who are making it don't know what's coming next. Right. No, absolutely. I, I think that uh, Daniel Drew says this really well. It was actually a thought I had watching this episode. It almost feels like this yeah, yeah. show was written during a writer's strike, even though clearly it wasn't. Uh, it was written quite some time before. And uh, yeah, it's almost like, oh, well, we can't go back and fix anything. And look, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you were to have an honest conversation with people who worked on this, you'd probably find some of the limitations there were. There's probably a timeline where they need this to come out. I mean, if you remember, the Marvels was supposed to come out in uh, Summer. Uh, like this week, actually, or next yeah, week. Yeah. It was supposed to come out at the end of June, you know. So uh, they, you know, but when that moved, I guess you could have given them some more money, but uh, you know, I think at that point they felt like this is just going to be what it is. Uh, Johnny Beck in the chat, making a point that I hadn't thought of. They mentioned the human beings being kept in new scrollos in this episode. Made me wonder how they're protecting those from the radiation exposure. Johnny, not only did I not think about that, 
Maybe. I feel like nobody that wrote the show <laughs> thought about that. There is point. no radiation. <laughs> there is no dirty like, bomb. <laughs> Everyone living there looks like the guy from RoboCop before he got flattened by that car. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just like... Mm. I wish, but they would do that in CGI now, and it wouldn't look nearly as good. Oh, as the I know. That one of my favorite practical uh, gore effects ever might be his explosion. But I Yeah, and uh, Daniel, thank you for reminding me. I like the Black Widow character cameo. That's the guy on the plane with Fury. Uh, yeah. And the, the, basically in Black Widow, he gives her a bunch of supplies and basically provides a plane. So uh, nice to see he's still in that business. The uh, If you need a plane, I'm your guy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you could have had somebody else do it, but uh, I'm just going to assume this guy was more affordable, you know, than uh, a few of those. Uh, oh, and apparently Daniel says Gravik mentioned the pills. I assume they just do that with all the humans. So, uh, uh, yeah, oh, I, Daniel, yeah. I think this show should have been delayed to be improved. I think um, you're not going to find anybody that feels like uh, this came out to market, as it were, at the appropriate time. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like I was saying earlier, I think that uh, there are tools here where they could have made a much better show. I think that the resources allocated in terms of actors and budget and all of that, this wasn't going to be the great show. But yeah, really small, you know, behind the scenes, underground kind of story would have suited it. But it's like, well, we want to do something big, but we don't have that much money, you know, so... I don't they know. do though. They just like, well, no, they do. But well, no, that. But what yeah, I mean, Bob Iger has the money. Bob, yeah, but Bob Iger's got that money spread out over the next two years. Uh, but you know, when they were given their budget, it was like, well, this is what it's going to be. Uh, so yeah, no, I agree. Yes, the money, the money is there. Uh, but apparently it's, I don't know, it's in the banana stand. I'm not quite sure where the, the money actually <laughs> went to uh, in, in this case. Uh, so, uh, Eric, I know that uh, one of the images you sent to me is from the very beginning of the episode. So let's circle back to I still I refuse to Google whether it's uh, Dylan McDermott or Dur Dermot Mulroney. I actually know which one it is, but I do. Too. I'm like, I'm like, ah, you ruined it. All right. All right. Now, for you know, our wireless listeners at home. Our wireless listeners. So, so we send this out on shortwave after we're done. And, uh, if if you want to catch us on ship to shore communications, uh, you can find uh, the Geekscape channel there at the correct frequency. Uh, so yeah, we get a little bit of interaction. Um, I want to talk about Rhodey because that uh, ties into this. But uh, what was it about this moment that uh, that spoke to you? Is it the uh, the the extra playing the role of the nurse? Um, uh, no, that she seemed fine. But the okay. once again, and I don't know if you have access to the follow up slide from The Simpsons, but I do, I, I do. Oh, oh yeah. you're you're my hero every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> this this the idea. This is the president of the United States. Remember what happened when Reagan got shot? Sorry, I thought I had it. I do have it. Wait, so when Reagan got shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was... just tons of people swarming, everyone, people jumping at the gunmen. It, it, it was chaos. It, tons of I people mean, in the hospital. I, I, a guy, a guy threw a shoe at George W. Bush's head, and there, there was like <laughs> a, you know, a SWAT team descended on him. You know, so, so uh, it, it harkened back to this image from The Simpsons, from uh, the movie Homer Simpson was watching in preparation of going back to college. 
uh, where it's two people walk in. It's like an 80s sex comedy. As you know, I am the president of the United States. It, yeah. it has that feeling of just like there is nothing presidential about this guy most of the time. Like the people that follow him, I feel like the Kardashians have more people following them. And any when they go out shopping at Trader Joe's, you know, this this is one of those budget things where we're supposed to believe a character's the president, but I never. And it's not about the actor; the actor is great. Uh, look for him in my 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 friend's movie that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, but in the end of it all, it, it, it's it's like they have have not put a cent towards the actual production value of what it means to have a character of that yeah. stature. Yeah, no, we're, I'm convinced that uh, the detail that surrounds the president of the United States, uh, Britney Spears could walk right up and not get punched in the face. You know, I think that uh, right, there right, would right, be right. no problems with that. I think she'd be right there. I rolled my eyes so hard with Nick's dramatic chair flip yeah. to like sitting. I guess, I guess I'll do it. I'll protect yeah. the president. And, by and then by the way, He's not there the next time we see that corridor. Uh, uh, Daniel Drew, I enjoyed the line that Scrody. <laughs> I don't know how often I want to say that, but uh, Scroll Rody said when the nurse pointed to where the president was, is like, uh, yeah, we're just we're just telling anybody where the president is. Uh, but uh, that that was a that was a nice moment. I um, every interaction. Well, the first time we just thought he was a squirrel, but so the last episode. Scroll Rody gets drunk and there's a scene with him and Nick. This one, there's, you know, how many times are guns pointed at Nick Fury where people don't shoot him and we don't see how Problem it's like, solved. oh boy, how's Fury going to get out of this? Does he have like a, you know, like a smoke bomb? Uh, does he, no, I'm just going to walk out the door. Really? They uh, had him dead to rights. I mean, like they had a dozen guns pointed at him. He's been released as the killer of uh, of Kobe Smolders, uh, you know, and yeah. yet they, they had a perfect excuse to, to to kill him. And they're like, all right, problem solved. I, why they did not shoot him. And again, I know it's a James Bond thing and it's suspension of disbelief. We want to hear uh, Spectre do the whole speech, Blofeld do the whole speech, you know, so we understand what's going on. But even with all of that, I, the idea that they didn't try to shoot him was absurd yeah. or at least he takes out one of the guys and does something uh but yeah the uh johnny is right we haven't seen him doing anything presidential uh yeah, yeah i guess they could have made him a senator but you know i i think the stakes need i understand why this is the president but it just doesn't it doesn't come off uh presidential you know as I you mean, know i am the county executive of newcastle delaware <laughs> <laughs> well, that does that does sound impressive. Yeah, I mean, did, did Fury just know that? Did Fury just know that? Depending on where you get your news from, did Fury know that the United States military ran out of bullets, so he knew that they couldn't <laughs> shoot him, so he just walked away. He's like, "You could point that gun at me, but I know there's nothing in there." Uh, oh, and when so, he hit, when he when he uh, pistol whipped him, but ever so lightly, yeah. it, it was like yeah. he's like ah. <laughs> That's so hard. Uh, he, it's, hard. It's, it's Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. My hair, he hits my hair. I spent a long time in my hair and he hits it. It would not be hard. Okay. Real quick, easy. You redo that scene where Nick points the gun at him, but he never actually touches him. Then later reveal the end of the scene. 
oh, it's not actually Nick. It was a hologram. He was just tricking you because he's three steps ahead of you. Like, you know, it's dumb, but it's way cooler than him just like turning around and walking away. Like, here's my big plan as Nick Fury. I plan everything. I'm going to hold my gun up to this scroll where, you know, any reasonable person knows that there's the building's going to be swarming with. I mean, it should be not that we have seen it before, but really invisible, <laughs> like swarm, secret service swarm on a budget. Like, yeah, swarm, they mean a couple of them. Yeah, they have uh... those. They're they're actually hiding in the walls. That's why we can't see them. They're really advanced. Yeah, there's there's two ways to handle this. I agree with Daniel. That scene should have been like the elevator scene from Winter Soldier, where Fury takes them all out, or a hologram. Hologram is is a more likely way out, I, I think. And uh, it's like we were saying before, Johnny's pointing out Olivia Coleman knows where it's at shooting the guy in the leg, despite guns being pointed at her. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look, here's the quick fix with that. If Nick knows that the detail around Rhodey are all also scrolls. So outing him as a scroll, isn't going to accomplish anything. It's still not a well-constructed scene it's not well written, but then there's like we've given you at least one piece of logic where it makes sense. But there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make sense. I I can't imagine ever rewatching this show, but knowing where it's going and where it's not going, it would be so much more infuriating to start over, like to watch the all whole, five before next week's uh, finale. What are we going to say, Nate? The whole reason why. Fury doesn't kill Scroll Rhodey or out Scroll Rhodey in that scene where he reveals himself as a scroll is because he's like, Oh, I have this leverage of you, right? Or I'm gonna release this thing. Then he says, Oh, by the way, I already released it. Okay, bam. Cool. I'm on the run either way. Why am I gonna let you live too? Like, come on. It makes no sense. It makes but, absolutely no sense. But Nate, he was in a rush to get back to the safe house. Uh, Because if you remember last week, we got to see a conversation where Fury discussed poetry. Well, this week we had a conversation where he discussed art, the mural on the war be on the wall behind him, give a little history lesson. Uh, So I think if this show were called uh, Nick Fury's appreciation of the arts, then maybe we would have a different expectation for what they would uh, be delivering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, something. Uh, Nick Fury is Bob Ross, by the way. Please don't steal that idea. I think that's the logical next place to take him in this. Uh, yeah, you know what? I realize now that uh, the uh, the Photoshop seems to have uh, slowed down a little bit. Did your family come home? Do you have Do you have people to pay attention to you again? <laughs> they came home doesn't mean they pay attention to me. <laughs> okay, that's also fair. <laughs> I have one more thing that really ticked me off. Oh, okay. I can't wait. In this same episode, Olivia Coleman's character, right, shoots that dude in the leg. Yeah. And then it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, his leg turned green because he got shot. Yet Gravik like slits that dude's throat, stabs that dude in the head, shoots the one guy. And then at no point do any of the bodies that get dropped in that scene turn green. Not one. You, you, there's a, a shot of him going, Who wants it? And in the background, there's a bunch of human bodies. Like, mm. nobody turned green. This, you did this. You wrote this into the episode that one character shoots someone, not even dead, and he turns green. Like, it, Nate, you know what? If you had one person off camera just go, Oh my God, he's turning green. 
How about the sound, how about the sound effect that like a shapeshift sound effect? And it, I mean, just, just like put a, a close green up. wash yeah. in the color yeah. grading over the film at least, and like do something. Put a filter in front of one of those lights. Yeah, just a yeah, just a a a a, a a a ring light with like a green gel in front of it, like on his face. Cam oh, uh, Egan, by the way, I talking about Olivia Coleman is terrifyingly fantastic in this role. And uh, Craig said this earlier. I loved her scenes, but suspected at the end when she was asking so many questions that she might be graphic. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a possibility. You know, just like, well, anybody could be a scroll. And then it could have been like, even me. Uh, but uh, we don't have any money for me to shapeshift. So uh, it's well, just I don't me. know if you guys watched Killing Eve, but she, uh, Fiona Shaw and Killing Eve similar kind of character in terms of like a badass female who's totally in control. Uh, Olivia Coleman like totally reminds me of her, but with like that warmth that Olivia Coleman also somehow brings, like she actually seems like someone you'd really like to go have a drink with. Like she just seems cool. And then yet is a complete badass, a good leader. She's all these things to the point where I hope at some point they do give her her own spy show. Uh, not necessarily as this character, but just some very No, just a spot. Yeah, I think. Oh, uh, my God. She's terrific. And, I think and, I, I agree. Uh, oh, and, the one thing I sent was uh, one thing I wanted to bring up before we wrap. Was well, the, I, I, I regret not bringing this up earlier, by the way, because uh, we talked see. about it so much. Consider this oh, a no, preview, no. Oh. Nick. <laughs> preview what? is we'll let you live. Yeah. Three <laughs> guys pointing a gun at me. Uh, OK, yeah, I uh, sure. OK, thanks. Thanks, fake no, Cake or death, oh, uh, Johnny. I told the Eddie Izzard reference. I was all over that. Cake or death. Uh, cake, oh, please. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw that. So uh, the well, I brought it up and it went away. Wow, Johnny keeps disappearing. <laughs> uh, cake or death. Cake or death uh, the Eddie Izzard ref, uh, reference. Yes, I mean cake, cake. Uh, Cam Cammy Egan has a great uh, question. Maybe he's in a rush to get a Royale with cheese. That's true. I mean, oh. No, I was going to say Go the ahead. one last thing. I want the yes, the the, the uh, li- Avengers in liquid form. That was one thing I sent you also, where it's like we cleaned up the DNA and we put in this little vial uh, instead of I don't know destroying it so no one could get their hands on it. Well, also, no, all their DNA is just like mixed together, like yeah, and, and it gave me vibes of another superhero story. So yes, the the. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so I, I agree, uh, Nate. The idea that you would take them and maybe not separate all of them and make sure that Thor doesn't mix with Carol Danvers and uh, especially like you don't want Banner's DNA. I mean, the sh- there's a whole plot line in She-Hulk about getting some of that She-Hulk DNA, you know? Uh, so so you found it hard to believe that that vial uh, contained uh, the basically the superpowers of all the Avengers, Nate? It was also the most strangely shaped vial I've ever seen, too. Like, I'm just who who is working on this show? Like, I'm really? Like, I would too. very you you could have made it a USB stick. Right. And then like, <laughs> it's like, okay, it has the information to access yeah. the hard drive we can synthesize or, it. Stuff or something. Or at least like, a cool looking canister. That looks or like maybe it could just be diabolical. Dude. Yes. That's what I kept <laughs> thinking of. Batman 1966. When <laughs> all of the UN got turned into powder Sand. form. Yeah. And then they uh, put them back. They, they add water to hydrate them. And they all got mixed up and started speaking each other's languages. 
I completely thought of that when I was watching this ridiculousness with the, yeah. uh, the Daniel Avengers says, I thought he could have had one vial of each Avenger in each of his gravestones. And oh, yeah, I mean, I think if uh, they wanted to have a montage of him flying around, you would think he would keep them all separate for a variety of reasons. Uh, Johnny Beck, a can of shaving foam with concealed storage for numerous different vials would have been more apropos. Uh, I definitely agree uh, 100% uh, that uh, it's... And just the ease with which she's like, oh, yeah, I got this now. Uh, the only way that this works for me is if that vial is actually uh, something else. You know, it's like actually not all the. It's Avengers a long cotton. It's like just poison. And so, yeah, but he's like, yeah, go ahead and inject this. It's green. Obviously, it's it's uh, it's it's totally ecto cooler. Just enjoy. Go it, and it, go put a straw in it. That's one of those kinds of ideas that like. It, it, it's uh you know the in, in in writing terms and then versus therefore where you always strive for therefore meaning there's a, a logic connection right that feels like an and then that feels like well what if it's uh the dna one again what, what if it's the dna of a bunch of them and it's in liquid for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah what and then he, he hit it in one of his tombstones like it doesn't make any dramatic sense there's no logic for having that. There's no logic for hiding that. Like if they're that worried about their DNA of these superheroes getting in the wrong hands then destroy it like this. It, 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 and again, we're, I know we're spending an hour talking about a show that was 34 minutes long before yes. titles, but yet such a swing and a miss on this thing, or maybe not even a swing. Maybe that's the biggest <laughs> problem of all. They bumped they, it. Well, they, they, they were hoping for the, uh, the bases loaded uh intention not intentional but the base is loaded uh walk to end the game they're yeah, just like oh, let's just hope let's yeah it's a let's swing and a swing. miss yeah. but they're playing soccer is like, what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. i don't usually use that on this bell. show but Ring the bell. <laughs> oh my gosh you get the bell if i had a train whistle i'd use that too <laughs> um yeah uh well, gentlemen, uh, one week from today at this very moment, we'll have finished talking about episode six. We'll have finished talking about Secret Invasion. And uh, honestly, I'm more looking forward to the episode we're going to do a week after that, something that we've been promising for a while. But we'll tease that. We'll tease that next week. Uh, but, uh, Nate, what do you think we're going to get? next week what do you think we're going to be talking about uh how happy we were and how we were wrong the whole time and it was all worth it all the shortcomings all the disappointments wow they really pulled it off good work feige does that seem likely to you nate um it doesn't seem likely i would not okay. be upset okay. if that happened you Same. know that i i would be very very pleasantly surprised um i i feel like it's definitely going we're going to see a lot of that huge budget that they apparently had more so in that episode um yeah daniel honestly, says somehow the money ran out by episode two since it may all be in episode six yeah uh, also adding by the way the finale better be 50 minutes of content um i, I mean i feel that way but uh, don't hold your breath uh, finish your thoughts sorry Nate. Take that back. um i would I would really, I just want a satisfying conclusion to this kind of story, which they haven't really worked on at all. And I don't want something that is literally 
just a feed into like Miss Marvel. Like if he if Gravik ends up like getting the powers and becomes like this big super skull and then he like leaves the planet for some reason to go look for another planet and like that's how we find out that like that's the plot of Miss Marvel is that they're fighting a super scroll or something like that. Like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty bummed. Um I'm hoping just for, you know, a nice cheesy battle between Nick Fury and Gravik, which should last like all of three milliseconds, but of course will last like five minutes as he <laughs> diatribes and tells him about his plan. And then Nick is gonna like flip a switch or something, and then Gaia's gonna come in out of nowhere after being missing for the whole show. And like have some plot purpose, which is why they wrote her into the series, anyways. Even though she doesn't organically fit in there, I don't know. I um, I don't know. I I I I just want more Super Scroll stuff. If that if we get a legitimately cool Super Scroll villain and or antihero from this, then it will at least be somewhat worth it to me i'm still not gonna recommend anybody watch it but um if there's something that adds to right now nothing in this show for me has added to the marvel universe and i had hoped that we would like getting more scrolls would do that but the scrolls feel very anecdotal and not like they're used more so as this like metaphor for immigration and less more as like straight up aliens that are infiltrating, you know, and have this different culture and stuff. And I think a lot of that has to do with so many of the scroll, the scenes that are just scrolls that they're humans because a budget, right? Like it just costs a lot to have a room full of scrolls and just a scene where they're just talking to each other. But in terms of portraying that vibe of and different species invading a planet and having these ulterior motives and their own plans and stuff like you lose so much of that without that visual representation so if we can get something some type of character like if gravik can become like something we see later on in the movies or in another show or something like that for me will be at least like somewhat cool yeah and there's a there's an exchange in uh you know, in the Fury graveyard about, uh, you know, hey, why don't you uh, call any of your friends? And that's that whole point about how he has to protect the Earth better than them. Uh, But that is, of course, one of those obvious moments where the first thought in my head was, well, we can't afford any of them. So instead, we're going to handle it ourselves. Do you think, what percent chance would you give it that we see, I'm just going to say, any costumed character, any superhero does not have to be an actual Avenger. Do you think that we'll see any established super character in episode six of this series, Nate? I'm going to say five, there's a 5% chance just because we do know that this directly ties into Miss Marvel. I don't think we see, um, I don't know, but he also like expressly in this episode was like, yeah, we don't have the budget for superheroes, so I'm going to handle this myself because it's my problem. So I don't know, like the most I see us getting is like Spectrum because yeah, I was going to say if we get anybody, it's Monica Rambeau. Yeah, it's totally Spectrum. I agree. (laughs) It's kind of like a midway. She's been on the shows before. She's not quite a movie Avengers hero, but she does have some powers and she's related to Nick Fury, so it would kind of like make sense. She's in that world, that sword world, and that would also, again, help feed into the movie plots, but I still think that that is a pretty low 
it just kind of takes away from this whole, I, I mean, not that they're falling through with any throughput themes, but it takes away from this whole idea of that, like, Nick is responsible for this problem, so he feels like he has to handle it himself and solving it. It, it would kind of totally take away from that. Daniel uh, says something that I think a lot of us uh, have been feeling over the last month. I had such high hopes for this show, and I don't hate this show. Well, we, we can agree to disagree. It's enjoyable. Again, agree to disagree. I wish it could have been better. No, I think that uh, as it's gone along, I've been more annoyed because you see at least some degree of potential. Uh, so, Eric, uh, your thoughts. Let's kind of work backwards. Let's start with if you think we're going to have any superpowered characters at any point in episode six and what you think we'll actually get from the finale of this series. I'm going to answer the second part first as Michael Shirley, which is what do I expect to get from this last episode? Disappointment. <laughs> that's exactly how he put it. Yeah. You get nothing. You get nothing and you'll like it. Uh, I think we will get a, 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 uh, with all due respect, a B team costume hero in this. Yeah. Someone affordable, uh, you know, well, Spectrum, Spectrum is the front runner, you know, Spectrum, right. S- Spectrum Direct TV, any of the sort of TV <laughs> branding. Yeah. It, thank you. It was a smaller bell, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that, I, by the way, I think that if we get anyone, it's like a, a, a post credit scene setting up the Marvels. I, I, I think it's like, uh, yeah, oh, they, sorry, I wasn't able to help you with the thing that uh, I could have definitely helped with. Uh, Johnny Beck uh, wondering, uh, interesting to see if Guy will be kept around. Does she have the same Super Skrull powers as Gravik or just the extremist? I guess we'll see. Cammy Egan, as uh, Eric summarizes his thoughts for what we're going to get. This goes back to the point from last week. It was Eric's point. Where's the true invasion? Uh, I don't know. Cutting room floor on the page. Uh, uh, You know, big red X went through the uh, invasion sequences. Uh, You know, it's uh, there's secrets in this, but um, it's only half. Uh, false advertising There's more of a mild secret. infection than a full-on invasion unfortunately <laughs> right, exactly yeah. so what else do you think we'll get next week eric i mean i think we will see some of that money i, I ironic you think about you know going back to one of the first uh shows of which was um you know falcon and winter soldier and where they spent all that money on that first episode yeah uh, that really terrific scene involving the plane which set up this beautiful sort of like expectation for what Disney TV would look, Marvel's uh, MCU's TV branch would look like, which it didn't really fall through on. This one didn't have any pretensions of trying to do that with its first couple episodes, uh, with, of course, the dirty bomb that was uh, very, not very dirty, not very bomb at all. (laughs) And and so I think there might be a little bit more of a pop in this last episode. It's a a very Linda Richman on Coffee Talk uh, from SNL. You, you know, your dirty bomb is neither dirty nor a bomb. Discuss oh, amongst bombs. yourselves. Uh, Daniel yeah. asks a great question. What about the one million plus scrolls? Will they be in the finale? Uh, no, oh, maybe like six of them. On the yeah, other side of that wall is a million scrolls waiting to take over this town. I'm not sure which character that is, but <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, I think I think it will be a pretty fun shoot 'em up. But and the and the action directing of this last episode, I did enjoy. Uh, the action sequences yeah i mean there's uh you know we we sort of we touched on it how we didn't necessarily need that scene with uh gaia and fury's wife 
but there was some decent action, some, you know, some faceless, nameless characters who got shot. Uh, and, you know, that it, it's like there's these moments where they're like, oh, people probably would like to see some gunplay and a couple of corpses. So let's toss that in here. But uh, that's uh, that's about all we get. Uh, so. In any case, uh, I guess uh, we're all we're all done, uh, and we will see next week. Uh, Eric, I know you got to go, uh, but uh, what? Uh, where can people keep in touch with you? You can find me Ken Eric Connor over at Twitter and Instagram. I started a Threads account, but I, I, I still don't understand what it is yet. So find me somewhere else. Absolutely. Well, Eric, uh, thank you. Uh, we will see you next week. You bet. Uh, and then uh, until then. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm really bad with the private chat, Nate. It's almost like you need to like hold up signs and tell me stuff like gotta go. I, uh, uh, I just saw it right now too. Yeah, no, no, we're going to go. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, the final point I wanted to bring this in, uh, Daniel is kind of what we've been talking about. How much rewriting happened in this show? Like when it was going to be a movie, what was the plot going to be? Or the first version of this show's plot before? And I, I would love to know that we'll never know because, I think they want us all to forget about it. One of the things that I know that we should do is, uh, is reevaluate uh, our, our rankings of all these Disney plus series, because there were series that I know people didn't like. Uh, and, and now we have this one. Um, I, 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 I'm going to reserve judgment, but I, I'm fairly sure this is my least favorite of all of them. And I think that, that does not Nate, I think you didn't well. watch, I think you didn't watch Ms. Marvel all the way through, but no, uh, but I, I feel like apart from that, you're probably a little bit underwhelmed by this one. The couple episodes I got into Miss Marvel, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't think it was for me. I I didn't really enjoy it, but it I didn't it did not immediately have the glaring issues that like the first yeah. episode of the show has, let alone the rest of them. This does no, not like, bode well for phase five. Like it just no. it's not really not a great foot to start on um i think we have loki next season two which was my favorite of the first round shows so if they tank that too i might just not watch the rest of these shows because i am not interested in echo really Ironheart, i could kind of like give or give or take uh the agatha show i don't care about at all daredevil yeah. i'm excited for but that's i don't know like with the four shows in between now and then my excitement for that may wane you know that daredevil show i was reading that that first season they did that it was like 56 million was the budget for that and granted that was a couple of years ago but like for them to do that on netflix with that low budget and then now here like i'm just i don't know i'm 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 concerned about uh the helm of the the tv shows and stuff and like what they're doing yeah and i think that uh you know you you have bob Iger coming back and uh definitely tightening the reins a little bit on uh, feige because uh feige was left to do whatever you think is best because there was nothing but successes but uh, I think that uh, maybe everyone underestimated what it was going to be like after Endgame, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, and obviously the the pandemic uh, derailed uh, where they were going and when they were planning on getting there. But at the same time, we would have gotten the same movies and the same shows just in a different yeah. order. You know, the fatigue was just naturally going to to set in. Yeah. 
Right, exactly. So uh, I'll be interested uh, in seeing uh, next week and uh, sharing it with everyone. And uh, Johnny Beck, I hadn't seen you in the chat before, so glad you enjoyed it. And uh, please look for us next week. Uh, Echo, Ironheart, Agatha, and Iron Wars, just don't grab. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, those are more like I'm interested, but I agree with you, Nate, that Loki's the one where I'm like, oh, yeah, that I really enjoyed. And uh, I feel like it'll be it'll be more substantial. Uh, but anyway, we will be back uh, next Wednesday at 2 Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on Geekscape, talking about the finale of secret invasion and uh we will uh we'll take our time and we'll uh we'll do our best to, to let everybody uh know uh about uh what we thought but until then nate where can people find you uh twitter instagram threads myspace dog like nate with two g's uh, did you ever have a friendster i i i i did have a friendster i never really okay. used it though kind of joined and then gave up on it pretty quickly yeah that's like me with threads right now but anyway i'm still there (laughs) threads twitter instagram at christian dmz uh find my personal podcast the black cast b-l-a-d-t-c-a-s-t uh we did a a special episode last week on uh, indiana jones and we've kind of hit most of the summer movies uh thus far and uh we'll be doing one for uh, oppenheimer uh in the weeks ahead uh, just as soon as I see it. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, uh, we will see you uh, next time. And as the great Stan Lee and Cam Egan would say, Excelsior! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.